Welcome to Cultivate the Ordinary Podcast, curious conversations for the anxious, frustrated, dejected, and bored. I'm Travis. And I'm Jesse. So often, we're held captive by screens, schedules, and media that's mind-numbing and polarizing. This leaves us seeing dimly through a fog. We want to spark more imagination and a better awareness of God's presence in the everyday. Join us on a fun journey of discovery and curiosity as we look at the ordinary through the lenses of joy, wonder, beauty, and hope. Hey, hey, welcome to our conversation on goals and New Year's resolutions. It is getting to the end of January, so you know, some of us are are still trying to make it work, white knuckle on these New Year's resolutions. So we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions today and why they tend to fail and how we can do different things to help that. I hate oh, goals. Man. Oh my gosh. You hate goals? Are you serious? I I hate the word goals. Okay. Because you're all about some goals. No, I, I like, like planning. Planning and... Giving me lots of goals. I like structure. I do not like setting a finish line goal. Okay. And I guess we'll, yeah. Okay. Interesting. We'll talk more about that. (laughs) So yeah, New Year's resolutions. It's 2024 and... Do you have any? I think... My main one for 2024 is I, I, so I'm growing out a pretty decently sized good beard, which I've done in the past, but there always comes sort of a, a time in which if you, if you're not taking care of your beard well, like, well, good maintenance, the beard oils, the really good washing, (laughs) there's always a time that your beard just starts smelling like weed eater exhaust Jeez. and like Greek yogurt and <laughs> Funyuns, even if you never eat those things. So it's like, you have to, you have to have some responsibility, more responsibility I think, I to own, own and operate a beard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, so like a few years ago, I remember doing a goofy video on like flossing my beard. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And I think like, well, that was a joke. Maybe I should actually do try that. You're getting there. So <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> I want to have more credit. So my goal with, with 2024 and my beard is better beard care and then just growing credibility with welders and other blue collar guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the beard will do that. Um, I, I love beard jokes. And so I... I real quick, I saw some hilarious online, a couple jokes on beards. So a couple quotes. So one is wisdom doesn't grow on trees, it grows on faces, someone said. So and then this is my favorite one. Sideburns are just two sad tombstones to what might have been. <laughs> to what might have been. So that's Oh. Yeah. You used to have some killer Chops like sideburns. I did. Like, I mean, in uh, high school in the '90s, man, I was rocking some, you know, as were a lot of dudes, but rocking some pretty good. And then later, I ended up looking like ludicrous with I had crazy, yeah, things that, was a that bit were much. just yeah. When I I used to substitute teach around 2000 and 
seven or something and kids would be like luda luda <laughs> so i got from north I had, dakota i had sideburn cred i guess for a little while with okay uh, mainstream rapper so anyway there's a meandering thing um what about you new year's resolutions goals i mine's pretty simple i i typically lean on eat well and move more i just just really want to eat better quality food and and like i said i'm not i'm not goal oriented like i'm gonna lose 20 pounds or anything like that i just know that I feel better and I, my mind is clearer if I'm, you know, exercising and eating well. Yeah. Do you have any, so I'm kind of talking about like weird, I guess I, my goal around the beard might be, is that kind of weird or? It's <laughs> a weird, so weird habit goal. goal. Do you have any weird, weird goals or habits or? Anything? I, like I said, I, I don't, I'm not thinking so much on goals as much as just ways of living. But something I do that's a weird habit is I do my my best uh, planning and work in the bath on my phone. In the bath. Yeah, that's kind of a <laughs> work hazard too, isn't it? I mean, if you drop, <laughs> it could drop be. your phone. And yep, if I drop my computer. phone or... Okay. Accidentally take a video so and your office <laughs> I'm, kids. I have my office bath this morning. Don't. Well, that's why I do it is to have quiet, to yeah. not be interrupted and just that space to get work done where I, I can really focus. Right. That's yeah. the only reason I do it. <laughs> gotcha. No, no, it's warm. It feels good too. So. It's the only place to hide in a family of seven. Yeah, this is true. So, yes, when we are having this conversation about resolutions, the idea of, like, everybody knows they don't go well for most people. But, like, research has shown that 80% of resolutions fail. And really, almost 65% um, are just done before the end of the first month. So there's a quote by Annie Dillard that says, How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. And I think that's really kind of found foundational for this conversation is that focusing on an end goal mm-hmm. is not really effective. Um, and it's really the, the daily rhythms and choices and habits that we uh, form mm-hmm. and are formed in no. that shape our brain, shape our, our routines and systems and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. I love Dillard's quote too, because yeah, it's sort of just, it's kind of like, um, it reminds us too that, yeah, like just we're being formed. Like we are, we are forming our days by the habits we do, the little habits and the little activities. They're definitely, but then we're being formed also then by sort of, the end of all that. So these years later that daily, it was all these little things that we did or didn't do, or could have done better or had more healthy things. Like we're going to sort of our life will in a way be a byproduct of, of, of that. So it, it kind of makes it both um, kind of inspiring to me that these little changes we can make can, you know, have a significant impact 
um, but also to not underestimate the you know the value of them. So mm-hmm. and that we're malleable mm-hmm. and formable, yeah. always like yeah. things aren't fixed for sure. It, with the failure rate of New Year's resolutions or major goals, um, you know this idea that we're we're looking for maybe a dramatic change or outcome. Um, or, you know, some kind of improvement, all good things. Um, so then what is happening? Why these tend to be um, just don't work out? And kind of had the image as I thought about this um, of, of like setting a, or trying to start a fire, like a, a bonfire. And so it, it, it's like, this has been helpful to me to think of it this way, but it's like, we need like to start a fire, you need a spark, you know, to start. Uh, so, I mean, the goal, you know, whatever this, this thing that you want to do is the spark. I mean, that, that is what's the inspirational thing, creating what you're then trying to do. But what I think then happens is it's like, we're just trying to set this, this fire, start this fire with just the spark. Mm-hmm. And, and, and realizing, well, that, that it's not going to take off. I mean, the work. So the idea then is that if we don't do the work of gathering the sticks of actually also forming the sticks into a structure, it was maybe you're, you know, over the fire with trying to light it and you do have kind of sticks, but they're not, they don't have air, they don't have space. They don't have the right, you know, way to to breathe and have the flame get going and go it's not going to work what is the the systems i need to have in place for the day um what are the things that i need to do to change maybe my life maybe my patterns um you know i can say that i want to read 10 books this year but if i'm not actually creating space in my day or in my week to actually read I mean, the spark of the idea isn't necessarily going to be enough. There's a great book called Atomic Habits, an easy proven way to build good habits and break bad ones from the author James Clear. And I'm just going to pull out a few of the quotes that I found that kind of go along with uh, the analogy of the fire and, and, and why habits can tend to fail and what we can do differently. And so one of the things that he said is right off the get-go is that it's so easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements on a daily basis. So too often, he says, we convince ourselves that massive success requires massive action. And, you know, and then he goes on to say that you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than with your current results. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge piece of it. You know, I think we're, we're always looking right away to the media, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not changing. Oh, this, you know. And so he kind of likens it to complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when you heated it from 25 to 31 degrees. Your work was not wasted. It is just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. That's kind of a, a good way to see that what you're doing in your, you know, daily moments of creating change that seem very small, whether it's just a new, um, 
way to orient your time or to make space for something, it's, it's, it will have an effect. Hang in there. But it's the trajectory that you're on. Um, last couple things on this, and he says is that, and this is another key part, bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. So he would say, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And I think I just, that really mm -hmm. resonates for me. Yeah. You know, it's not that you don't have, we don't have sometimes amazing goals, life-changing goals. Um, but if our systems in place aren't there to support it, if we're not gathering the firewood to make the actual fire with a spark, it's not going to work. It's not going to light up. And he kind of then pivots, and this is where we'll end, you know, kind of his insight here. But he talks about how we need to shift our outcome approach to more of also seeing it as an identity of who we want to become. Mm -hmm. So um, it's one thing he says to say, I'm the person who wants this. It's something very different to say, I'm the type of person who is this. And so he then goes on to say that, for instance, the goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn an instrument. The goal is to become a musician. Yeah. yeah switching that identity. Yeah, no, that that really makes me think about um, ultimately, like, becoming mm -hmm. um, something, anything of value, I think needs to be kind of grounded in this idea of belovedness. Because if we set our goals on things to... Uh, gain others approval or to find our worth in becoming this thing that our goals are like kind of miss mm -hmm. miss um oriented or whatever but henry nowen has a quote where he you know talks about we need to spend the rest of our lives becoming the beloved now let me explain like you know many of our listeners are you know identify with a Christian faith. And so the um, idea of belovedness is that we are wholly loved and children of God and that we have to have our attention and our awareness always on the fact that we are being loved every moment of every day. And so in the conversation around like habits and routines and systems and goals, it's like if the way that you approach your um, the things you want to see happen, what you want to become, mm -hmm. you know, your belovedness, you know, and receive kind of God's presence in every moment of every day. Like you're going to be, um, more successful and also have the right desires as far as your goals. Um, you know, I think about, I've heard three main categories of problems that people have that they set like goals around or resolutions around is money, body, your body and mm -hmm. problems or I'm sorry, money, body and relationships. So like back to that James Clear's idea on becoming something instead of I want to lose 10 pounds, I want to become a runner, you know, might be a focus that you're going to create systems around this life of what a runner does mm -hmm. to become a runner. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also no end to it. 
Right. It says, I just want to become this. I want my life to be shaped and formed around it. You know, when it comes to money, people might have issues with spending too much or whatever. And then they decide, I want to be more resourceful or a good steward Mm -hmm. of my money. And so that identity piece is is what, what changes about my whole life if I'm going to be resourceful. Right. Um, And then with relationships, it's like you think of, man, I'm always getting in trouble because I'm not helping around the house or not doing the dishes enough or whatever. I, I, this year I'm going to, I'm going to do more dishes. No, like (laughs) I'm going to be a Are servant. Are you giving me a goal right there? Or? Yeah. Oh, it was well, kind of a, okay. just a jet. A well, I am doing more dishes. So. <laughs> How about laundry? <laughs> uh, okay. Let's add it. But let's pace ourselves. All right. Let's pay. There's That's two not goals. my point. Okay. Um, but becoming a servant is that mindset shift of like, I'm going to live my life in service of others and, um, and be formed in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of go back to, uh, so I love what you said about Nowen's quote about, you know, is it becoming the beloved? Mm-hmm. Or, yep. And knowing that when it comes to God and his love for us, um, and that's something I, I really want to lean into this year as well, thinking of just like dwelling on God's delight in me. Um, I read something recently about, I was talking kind of about the joy of God and, and how, um, that theologically, you know, we all believe or, you know, we as Christians, we aspire to believe that, you know, we know that God intrinsically loves us. You know, Jesus, you know, gave his son for us and and gave his life for us. And um, but how often do we actually reflect on or hear that God likes us? You know, because there's there's that that's a whole different sort of energy around the word like, you know. Love has more weight, feels like, but like sort of ha- like, like, um, yeah, just being delighted in by God and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of contemplating that and reflecting on that and praying about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think contemplation and, and prayer and makes me think of, um, with these systems and structures, there has to be a place for, um, for rhythm, like mm-hmm. a flow in and out of um, activity and doing, and then just being. Um, so I know you and I talk a lot about um, about curiosity, contemplation, and cultivation. Mm-hmm. And I see those largely as, as kind of like rhythms yeah. for soul care. For um, And one of our good friends, Stephen Smith, has this idea in his, his books and he writes about it in his Substack, Um, but that the abundant life that were, that Jesus promised us is, is, is going to be more experienced if you learn to live in rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so I think as we approach our goals and set um, systems in place, keeping in mind the rhythms of curiosity, contemplation, Uh and cultivation will give you an aim to be still and quiet and experience that delight that Uh God has for you as well as listen to his voice. Right. And then when you move into cultivating, that's the 
like that's the goal setting. That's mm-hmm. the okay, I'm I see clearly what my focus should be on right now. Right. So as we kind of put a bow on this and close this down, um cuz I feel like you're pretty good at the part of rhythms and systems and and kind of that part of thing. So um you know, when we think about shifting sort of from, for instance, like if, if a goal for you is, you know, this year we want our family to, to spend more time together or we want to have more quality time and great goal. Um, but as you're creeping into the end of January and February and we're just, we're so, so much creatures of habit and, you know, everyone's schedules are hectic and, and things like that. Like, what are maybe just a few examples of, maybe if we take just a couple examples of what it looks like to, when we talk about systems and structures or, you know, and I think it's, I think you you hear that and it makes sense, but like practically, like the shift then would be, you know, to, in that case for quality time, like describe that, like taking it from a goal to a thing that starts to become ingrained. Yeah, I think that what's really cool is is we picked up that, and I'm just going to share this as a framework. Um, there's a book by um, by Justin Whitmill Early called The Common Rule, and he talks about four daily kind of patterns or habits um, and four weekly habits. And this, to me, really relates to family and relationships because mm-hmm. it's about community. And, um, and kind of the idea of like your rule of life or these habits that you, you say, this is what's important. And so, you know, looking at our year, you and I want to spend more quality time together, um, you and I, and then with the kids intentionally. Mm -hmm. So this structure of like daily, we have one meal together for sure. Because we have teenagers, and they make their Mm -hmm. own breakfasts and lunches. It's not like we have to eat together. They can make their own food. But we take turns cooking, and some of that's real fun because we do it together. Right. Um, Or put on music or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we have a meal together. And then usually around that meal, you know, we want to focus on on a, a small reading or a small mm. prayer or a, what are we thankful for? Or maybe the daily examine where we're looking at, um, you know, just things that bring are bringing us joy and things that are really hard, right. things that we're hopeful for, mm-hmm. um, you know, do that with the kids, kids of any age. And so, and then we always do something fun too. So it could be, we found this app, um, that's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of like charades, but with words and, mm-hmm. um, and different things like game nights and when it's warm, go outside and play football. Yeah. You know, those are the rhythms that just say, it doesn't have to be the same thing every week. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to get stagnant, but that we have connection around if, if our goal is mm-hmm. quality time as a family, we want to be connected, right. become connected so connection is I'm not looking at my screen. I'm putting that down for two hours. I'm cooking. We're playing. 
you know, we're talking yeah. about meaningful things. Yeah. And that's a good example of like even the identity shift. Like we want to be connected, mm-hmm. you know, we want that, like our, we want to be a connected family mm-hmm. and it, it shifts to that identity of this is who we are. This is who we are. We're trying to live out of that. Yeah. I also love when goals can, and I think that's when we, when we look at the ones, especially that involve others, I think there's a huge aspect to um, joining in together and creating the rhythms and stuff together because it also feels maybe there's some accountability, but it also feels shared. It feels like there's new creativity, you know? So like, I, I think of like what you're describing with the family thing and whether it's carving out, well, which day of the week, is it a Sunday where we kind of lay our phones down and, and screens and try to be just outside together a lot or whatever that is. But when you can sit down and together get other ideas around that, like how do we want this to look? And, mm-hmm. and others are, you know, whether, you know, that's, this is a family example. So yeah, you got kids throwing their ideas and they have great ideas, usually the best ideas mm-hmm. and, and they own it. And it's more shared than it is mom and dad saying, this is what we need, especially with teenagers, because then it's like, they, they're part of that. They're part of crafting it. And it feels like from the get go, it's it's just becoming this shared family identity versus we're making your week more boring or you don't want you know mm-hmm. and i feel like there's so much more buy-in and stuff so it just feels like whenever goals can involve others as well um you know um i la- lastly for me on this is um i'm i'm doing a, a study of a book on emotional intelligence um incredible book uh, by Scott Allender and it, but for me, but it's two other guys, you know? Mm-hmm. And so not just me, but two other guys, both creating the rhythm of when we're meeting, how often, what we're doing and kind of that accountability again of like doing it, but also it just feels like it's shared and it, it's, there's so much more life in it than me sitting there trying to unpack this book and, and not have someone to talk about it with, especially mm-hmm. in that case as another guy or something. So, yeah. And you guys always have, fun and eat good food first yeah i mean you gotta you know (laughs) yeah make it fun and that's the cool part of it so yeah yeah it's not all serious yeah so any other final thoughts on any of this or yeah no i just think it's a really important thing to set your attention on um you know like you said a lot of people are frustrated because the things that they want to get to they're not seeing the habit change Mm -hmm. yet and wondering why, why they can't change. And I had somebody ask me recently, like, um, I have this personality that's just always in my head and always worried and all this stuff. And, you know, can I even change? Can, I mean, I've been this way my whole life. Nothing has ever changed yet. You know, I'm in my thirties. Like, is, is that even possible to change? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, because we are, malleable because yeah. of our brains are rewiring all the time to create new pathways. Mm-hmm. Like I talk a lot about patterns and it's like the hope is like change is absolutely possible, especially, right. you know, I say often the way you do something is, is sometimes actually even more powerful mm-hmm. than, than what you're doing. And what I mean by that is, you can come at a goal with intensity 
and grind and um, maybe some some fuel, like you said, mm-hmm. like you got that spark. And you can burn out real quick because it's like it's sort of the wrong energy to come at your goal with. Right. Um, when you come at things with security and uh, being present and aware and, you know, um, with the right desires and stuff, you you come at what you want to become in a way that knows you're already secure, you're already right. loved, you you are just moving in this flow, in this direction that you know is right, mm-hmm. and that you just put in a little every day, mm-hmm. and that Annie Dillard quote, I'll just say it again, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. So just... Yeah remembering that yeah i love that that's really good and i think um kind of closing with back to atomic habits and some of the advice in there is that again about the trajectory you know it's we have grace for ourselves too and knowing this is a journey like he talks about if you think of it as like turning the nose of a plane you know just it's as you're approaching this new you know place you want to grow in by turning the nose of the plane just three degrees. That's the difference between flying from Los Angeles, difference between flying from there to New York to Washington, D.C., that three degrees from D.C. to New York. So it just kind of shows, again, it's about the trajectory, staying on the course, knowing that just small improvements, and sometimes we're going to go backwards. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's not always linear, but those small improvements in whatever we're trying to change or work on, over time, cumulatively add up, and melt the ice or a 1% daily change, he would say, end of the year, 37% change in that thing. So again, it seems just, it's a really about the little things and just trying to stick with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than I'm trying to change this thing. It's week two. Haven't seen change happen. Crap failed again. We can't do, you know, we and then we mm-hmm. beat ourselves up and we can't do it. And then we quit trying to do habits and change because mm-hmm. we're not disciplined enough. But mm-hmm. it's 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 like reversing, I guess. The paradigm mm-hmm. is more craft the little disciplines. Yeah. Well, I even think about just that one last example in terms of relationships and like you and I with our marriage, like we we have to put a lot of work into staying connected and so that we're you know we both have very kind of passionate like intense personalities and so we can which means we fight a lot we have sparks (laughs) um but we we know it's something we have to work on all the time and so like one small little like one percent thing is instead of trying to just get that two three hour date night every week which we do still try to do it's the, the thing that actually changes us most is a 30-second hug. Like, instead of just, like, a pat on the back and a quick holding each other for 30 seconds, like, there's research that shows that it releases oxytocin mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. and, you know, just that connection that comes from a longer hug. Mm-hmm. Right. And 30 seconds isn't that long. But, yeah. like, literally, if, if two or three times a day... Um, even just once a day, it makes a huge change as far as connection yeah. and that, you know, that safety in a relationship. So Definitely has. All right. Well, 
that is it for this conversation. Hope there's been something in it that's been helpful or thought provoking or encouraging in any way. So thanks again for joining us. See you next time.